Jets are spanked again by double digits, this time to the Colts, 36-7. They play Denver on Thursday night, but at this point, I don't think any Jets fan cares about Denver or Brett Rippon. They care about one thing, Adam Gase. Thirty-six-seven, and again the Jets started out okay. I mean they did some good things offensively, but again Darnold was terrible. Gase was unimaginative, and the defense might be the worst in the league. I mean it, it is bottom four, five right now. They can't tackle. It's terrible. Denver in two days. Uh, we'll go over the injury report real quick in a little bit. But, I mean, Jets fans only care about one thing, and that is the head coach, Adam Gase. Yankees are about to start in 10 minutes at the time of this recording. The recording will already be out. Uh, The debate is on tonight, if you care about that. And uh, we will break down some of the film. We'll go through some of the film. Really won't break it down. Uh, we'll, We'll discuss the first play which, you know, first play of the game, scripted, and there's a lot of problems. I mean, overall, what can you say? 15 first downs for the Jets, 21 to the Colts, 260 total yards, which is terrible. Uh, 353 for the Colts. And notice, once Mekhi Becton left the game in the second quarter, that was it. They couldn't do a damn thing after that. Luckily, Mekhi Becton, as Gase notified us yesterday, the MRI came back clean on his shoulder. They thought it might have been serious, a pectoral, maybe a torn peck. It came back clean. He has a good chance to play Thursday. The injury report details that Perryman and Willis did not practice. They're listed on their injury report as a DNP, did not practice today, Tuesday. Everyone else is limited, but because it's not real practice, because it's walkthrough, everyone else who's limited, that doesn't mean they're going to play. It's still going to be questions for Jamison Crowder, uh, for other guys like Ashton Davis, even Mekhi Becton, maybe. Uh, it'll be nice. It would be nice to see Crowder back in there. Uh, Jeff Smith, I think, is off IR, so he'll have a shot to play. And then Mims will be eligible to come off IR next week. So, uh, but honestly, again, you Jets fans care about one thing, and that's Adam Gase. And that's also Sam Darnold and how it's affecting Sam Darnold. Colin Coward came out with a report on Monday saying the Jets have already reached out to an agent about possible uh, head coaching replacements at the end of the season. He didn't detail at the end of the season. He just said reaching out to an agent about co- possible coaching replacements. Very early to do that. After week three. But it would be not uncommon. It would be to get a jump on the search. If you think they're going to bring in somebody off the street to be the interim, no shot. It just doesn't work that way. If something were to happen, uh, Gase would be, you know, if Gase would be fired on Friday, expect the interim to be Greg Williams. I can't expect anyone else, to be honest. Uh, Brant Boyer, outside shot of Brant Boyer. But expect to clean house on the offensive side. Greg Williams to take over defensively, still play, still call the plays. 
And then maybe offensively, Jim Bob Cooter takes over the play calling and Brant Boyer stays on special teams. And then the new regime takes over after the season. And then you have to assess Darnold and what that means for the future. So Coward, he said, and take Coward's reports with a grain of salt. This is the same man, Coward, who said he loved the Adam Gase hire. Most people, I mean, most fans were dead set against it. Most media pundits were really uh, neutral. They they either couldn't understand it, they wouldn't go rah-rah about it with the pom-poms. It just, it was one of those where you said, I don't get it, but as a professional, you have to give the guy a chance. And at this point, and it's crazy too, the injuries Sam Darnold in Indy was without his top three receivers, his top running back, lost Mekhi Becton, didn't have his right tackle, and had Connor McGovern, who played unexpectedly uh, with a hamstring and wasn't at full strength. These injuries, it's like the football gods are forever angry at Jets fans for some odd, strange reason. What is it? What did the what did the Jets fans do? I mean, think back on history. Unlike every other franchise, they've been without a home stadium until MetLife. From the early 80s when they left Shea, came to Jersey for Giant Stadium, no home stadium. A completely unique, terrifying depressing situation for Jets fans yet the football gods want to shove it in their faces I I don't understand what did they do did they sell their soul with the name of the Super Bowl was name it that one guy who was in the cards for the football gods to say hey this is our guy this is the guy that's going to Take football to the next level. He'll guarantee a victory. The party playboy who commiserates with the ladies, who's in the public eye, he's going to be our guy. No one's going to expect him to be the most important figure in NFL history, but he's going to be our guy. He's going to guarantee the game. He'll still party. He'll still be hungover on game day, but he'll rein it in. He'll become a leader and do the right thing during the biggest games. And that's what he did in Super Bowl three. He managed that game. He wasn't the gunslinger he normally was. So did football gods sacrifice Jets fans for the good of the NFL and Super Bowl three? Uh, there's no other plausible explanation to see what's happened, you know, over the last decade and especially over the last two years with Gase and the, in these injuries, these injuries are historic yeah everyone's hurt but what's happening with the jets and the niners this year it's just insane you know who gets mono again only a writer only a novelist could come up with something like that but that's a life of the jets fan the game with the colts what can you say darnold throws the pick six to xavier rhodes i thought lawrence cager should have came back to the ball i didn't like his route but bad pick six, and then the Jets came back immediately. And Darnold 
put forth a vintage Darnold touchdown. When he's outside the pocket and when he's on the run, he can make things happen. And he did that when he escaped the pocket and found Braxton Berrios. 17-yard line, shotgun, second and eight. And yeah, nothing's open, so he does the right thing. Misses one man, misses two men. Becton, incredible job. And then Darnold's on the run to Berrios. When he's not thinking, when he's outside the pocket, when he's on the run, he's as good as there is in the game. Unfortunately, it's still an in-the-pocket game, despite the fact it's moved away from that over the last decade with the influence of the zone read and running quarterbacks and spread and the college principles. Um, But unfortunately, right after this, they get some momentum. Defense chokes it up, and the Colts go on a legitimate drive that Greg Williams must still be angry about because the Jets' defense didn't put up a fight in the least. It was one of the more embarrassing defensive sequences I've seen from them in quite some time. A An 11-play, 75-yard drive that lasts only 5.59. Uh, were there any crucial third downs? Only one. A third and six at the Jets' 40. And Rivers found Michael Pittman, rookie Michael Pittman, for nine yards with Bradley McDowell on the tackle. 11 plays, only one third down. And from that point forward, it was over. The next drive, four plays for the Jets, punt. Colts come back with a field goal, make it two possessions. Uh, Series after that, Jets, interception in the red zone. The Darnold play where Rhodes, it looked like an interesting situation where Rhodes forgot what coverage he he was in, and then he peeled off the flat to get to the deep to the corner and came underneath the corner route and picked it off completely on Darnold. Can't make that mistake, but you know, digging at it and overthinking it and worrying about it so often leads to more mistakes. That's sports. That's life. You can't overthink and overanalyze. If you do, you'll never move forward. And if you live in the past, you'll never progress. So, why break down the rest of the game? From 17-7 on, after that pick, it's over. Another pick six with Darnold. I, I don't know what happened on that play. It's best not to analyze it. But for all the people who want Gase's head and think Darnold is completely um, non-complicit, you're out of your minds. Darnold keeps on missing open guys left and right, and it's concerning. Watch here. He misses Herndon, steps up, breaks the pocket. Herndon's wide open for a touchdown. Look at him on the bottom right. For those listening on audio, uh, I forget where this when this was in the game, but he's Darnold's around midfield, and Herndon broke off his route and went down the sideline, and Darnold's outside the pocket with no one around him. All he has to do is chuck it up, and it's a touchdown, and he doesn't do it. Why? I, I don't get it. We saw the same thing. In the Buffalo game with Crowder, it's just, he is absolutely regressed. I'm not going to pretend he was a stud immediately his rookie year, but he has absolutely regressed. Here's another one, a critical second and nine before the end of the half. 
and he just misses Herndon. I saw people blaming Herndon for this, but this is, no. Darnold steps up, and it's just inaccurate to Herndon. You got to hit him. You got to hit your tight end there. He's behind him. He doesn't lead him. Got to hit that. You get out of bounds, you have a first down. That's a simple pitch and catch, and a sim- it's a good pocket, too. Offensive line, for all the negatives, the greatest positive is that this offensive line is good. Joe Douglas put together a good offensive line. The weapons aren't there. I think a lot of it, uh, I, I just don't think. Obviously, this is true. A lot of it has to do with the injuries. It would be nice to see what Darnold could do with Mims, Perryman, and Crowder. And Berrios, I like Berrios a lot too. He could be a good NFL player, but they're just not there. And what can you do? In getting to the gay stuff, which I know all your fans are ready for, and he deserves every bit of the blame he gets, it's just that he should not be the only one getting blamed. There are so many more culprits. The injuries, Darnold, Christopher Johnson, but Gase as the head coach deserves the bulk of the blame. Getting to the gay stuff, the good stuff, first play of the game, and it makes no sense. Okay, you want to get Darnold out on the pocket, out of the pocket, on the run. That's good. You want to take a shot on first down? That's good. But the play design, everything about it doesn't make any sense in the world. We'll let it play and then analyze it, go back and analyze it. Uh, Colts start too deep, move to a single high look. Darnold rolls out after play action, nothing's there, gets two yards. From the end zone view, there's a one tech, there's a nine and a three tech. Play action, there goes Darnold. Nothing. He does the right thing, the responsible thing, by running out of bounds. Now, first play of the game, Colts are Tampa 2 defense. I mean, of course, anyone who's Tampa 2, calls himself Tampa 2, doesn't run too deep every play, like the old days, with the old Tony Dungy Bucks. It's a different world. Can't do that. This league is more of a cover three zone, uh, eight in the box league. You knew, even though they're Tampa 2, you knew this is what they were going to do because every defense is def- defense does it against the Jets. One safety, loaded box, press on the outside. You knew it. Gase knows it. Darnold knows it. Everyone in the world knows it. And until the Jets prove they could beat this, everyone's going to do it. Denver's going to do it Thursday. There's no question in my mind. So... You know, the first 15 plays are scripted, which I think is archaic. Let's let's start giving the quarterback freedom at the line uh, to analyze the defense. It's the best way to play offense in today's climate. But the idea to get him outside the pocket's good. The idea to take a shot is good. You're going to have a play action, a rollout. Barrios in the slot does a slot wheel. Hogan... On the outside, the number one receiver uh, on the field side does a deep post. And I think that's Cager. Cager Malone. I think it's Cager. Cager stems to the inside and outbreaks away from the rollout. Now, in what world would you want the backside receiver outbreaking away from the rollout? I don't know what world. It doesn't make sense. So 
I have to think it's a miscommunication. I have to think it's the wrong route. It's Cager's first game. But it falls on Gase. This can't happen. And if it is the design, the intended design, it doesn't make sense either. There's no way, unless it's intended for a decoy. But even then, a better decoy is a drag. To give Darnold options, different levels, short and deep, short or intermediate and deep. This makes no sense. So watch the bottom. Cager stems it inside, outbreaks. Now why are you outbreaking away from the rollout? I don't get it. Tight end, running back, stay in. Max protect. Barrios on the slot wheel. There's some daylight here, but it's not open. There's a DB. Hogan on the post, covered, and the safety's there. The other problem, and, and of course, because of that, is only three receivers. One's completely out of the play. Two are vertical. There's nothing backside. There's no drag. There's no short safety valve. The other thing is, when you're taking a shot, you see this route combination, the slot wheel post, it's better against the cover too. You have two deep. This guy's going to take the flat, press, try to funnel inside, and then get depth if nothing threatens his zone. This route combo is better against two deep zone. It's good against the Tampa 2, for example, for instance. To have that slot wheel and that post pressure the two deep safety. Did Gase think the Colts would come out in two deep? If he did, he guessed wrong. But at this point, once they rotate and put the strong safety in the box, Darnold should see that in audible. I don't know how much time's left on the play clock, but nevertheless, this route combination's fine. Better against a cover two, a hard cover two. Can still work against the single high, but you also need a threat on the other side. So Darnold could use his eyes to move this safety one way or the other, attack the other side. It's not easy for a single high safety in the middle of the field to get to the sideline. It's very difficult. But because of the rollout, the safety could follow the rollout. And that rollout takes them right into the action where the slot wheel and the post are. Which is why this play design makes no sense. I don't get it. Yeah, Hogan's running a post, Barrios a slot wheel, taking a shot. But the problem is when you have that safety coming over with the rollout, it it completely takes away everything. And at this point, Darnold needs a safety valve. A back, something backside would be nice with Cager. So the whole play is just doomed from the start. Darnold picks up two yards, and that's execution, that's play design. Maybe miscommunication, but no matter what, it's on Gase. From the other problem is their play action. Their attention to detail is so bad. Uh, Look at Herndon with the wider split. Uh, This guy does a good job. Watch this one-tech defensive tackle. McGovern and Van Roten collide with Van Roten trying to get out to pull to lead the way for Darnold. They still make it through fine. You know, McGovern, bad hammy, and he still played. And Gay said today, McGovern, even though he was a surprise start, McGovern told him, if I'm dressing, I'm playing. So he made it happen. His his toughness made it happen. Uh, Credit McGovern. The other problem is watch Gase's play action. His eyes go to the right right away. I don't 
I don't know why. There's no threat. Ball, show the ball, stick it in there. No, he pulls it so early. Why is he pulling it early? See, everything's running a million miles an hour for him instead of being much slower. His internal clock is so sped up. So everything's quicker. He's not taking his time. He's not relaxed. Everything is just crazy in his mind. So he has to get out on the edge. He has to break the pocket. He has to get to that rollout immediately in his head instead of executing and following the playthrough. Pulling it right there. Come on. No. I know the D tackle gets a little push. Maybe he thinks he's going to have a clear shot because Van Roten and McGovern collide, which makes sense. But you have Gore coming to block him. So you had time to still execute the play action. And if this is a one-off thing, yeah, no problem. But their play actions are terrible all the time. And he scrambles out, nothing, two yards. And this is the, yeah, this is the Frank Gore run into a loaded box. They get nothing. I mean, listen, you understand offensive coordinators have to establish a run. I think Darnold's stopping motion there. But the run pass predictability with Adam Gase is is just too much. It's too mechanic. At some point with the deck stacked against you, you have to take what the defense gives you. Now there's a shot to win three on three here. Weak side, you have Darius Leonard on the strong side. But Van Roten has to double team, get off quickly, get to the second level. And he just can't do it. And by that point, the D-tackle overpowers McGovern and there's nothing there. So, you know, second and eight quickly turns into third and long. Third and nine, they lose a yard. And here is where it's re- it really gets frustrating. We'll let it play through and then analyze it. It's a blitz. Barrios, they get bailed out by the DPI, defensive pass interference, which is very fortunate because I don't understand what they're doing here again. Same look as we as we keep discussing on every podcast. Uh, twin tight ends, so it's 12 personnel, which everyone was shouting for. And oh, that's the Gore run. Yep, same look, pressure, single eye, and this safety. Why he's shading to this side? I have no idea. To Hogan, it's not like Hogan's Randy Moss over here. Uh, Jets go with trips, and they see a look where pressure's probably coming, might be coming. It comes. Five man rush, maybe a six man rush, depending on whether it was a green dog or not. And it's man across the board. And the problem I have here is Darnold pre-snap can easily tell it's man across the board because this is Herndon out wide as the number one. This is the strong safety. Because the strong safety's out here in no man's land where he doesn't want to be, it's man coverage. And this DB on Barrios, look at his alignment. Outside technique, 45 degree stance, which means it's not a first in, second out situation. They're not going to hand off most likely they're not playing areas they're not matching so why not run rub principles here Gase did it forever in Denver with with Peyton Manning 
Jets do it still at times. But do it when it makes mo- the most sense to do it. Here, it makes all the sense in the world with these three guys, especially with these two guys. This safety, what is he doing shading to the side? I don't understand. Do something uh, in terms of a pick, in terms of a rub principle to get these guys. You could bust a long one here. There's plenty of space. Instead, it's just standard routes. I mean, Berrios across the middle of the field, uh, you know, on an inside stemmed in, uh, this wide out, what is he doing? Is that Cager or Malone? Does an out pattern and Herndon, look at this coverage. It's like this guy was in the Jets huddle and knew exactly what Herndon was going to do. No shot. So they get bailed out and this is pretty much what you saw all game. Terrible concepts, poor quarterbacking from Darnold. And the beat just went on. Time and time again. And that's what you just saw all game. Terrible concepts, poor quarterbacking from Darnold, and a terrible defense. And at this point, the Trevor Lawrence uh, talk is warranted. You know, you don't know if the Jets are going to get the number one pick. Look at Miami last year. Everyone thought it was... Uh, certain that they would they didn't and you know we're going to be talking a lot about Trevor Lawrence because it's hard to pass him up as a first year rookie quarterback on that rookie deal with Darnold going into his fourth year but you know until then we'll see what happens with Denver we'll see what Gase's future holds and we'll keep breaking down the film Gase has been awful. He has not prepared this team. The quarterback has been equally bad, as has the defense. So, you know, stay tuned. We'll see what happens. Go to uh, iTunes, like and subscribe, Sable Radio, all the Jets X Factor podcasts on iTunes. iTunes is, you know, we got to get a little more support on iTunes and download the app too. For all the app users, we... I don't know if I mentioned it in the last podcast, but we have a new update out where it solved an issue where people are getting logged out after a week or two and they were having issues. New update there, uh, new content at the site, blew it. We'll have another film review in a couple of days, I think. Whether it's uh, Colts, Denver, we'll see that Thursday night game kind of screws things up. But we'll see. Uh, Brett Rippon, Mark Rippon, who used to quarterback the Redskins in the early 90s, He was a fantasy machine in the early 90s, back in the day when everyone still kept score on paper and had to watch Chris Berman and Tom Jackson on NFL primetime. Mark Rippon, I love those Washington teams. Mark Rippon to Gary Clark and Hart Monk. Uh, Those were good teams. You know, Mark Rippon, Chris Miller with Atlanta, they're run and shoot, Atlanta Falcons. You know, interesting quarterbacks who were good in fantasy in the early 90s. Brett Rippon. Played four years at at Boise State, excuse me. He is Mark Rippon's nephew, not son, nephew. Uh, He's getting his first start Thursday night. Jets fans could already see the kid tearing it up at MetLife Stadium and coming out of nowhere to be the star of the night. So we'll see what happens. Until next time. (laughs) 